0: Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Kuvera Insights, where we talk to uh, industry leaders to learn more about how to better manage our wealth. Um, today we have uh, Mr. Ankur Thakur. Uh, welcome Ankur, welcome to Kubera. Um He brings with him uh, 23 years of experience in sales and distribution, channel management, portfolio management, and product development across you know, names that every one of us knows about, Fidelity, TST Merrill Lynch. Kodhari Pioneer and HSBC Asset Management. Um, Ankur is a Bachelor of Engineering from Mumbai University and a
1: Master's in Management Studies, also from Mumbai University. Welcome Ankur, how are you doing today? Very good, thank you very much uh, Gaurav for having me here. Uh, It's a pleasure and hope everybody's safe and sound at home. Thanks, thanks much uh, and and same to you. Uh,
0: Digging, uh, you know, right into it today, we are going to talk about arbitrage funds. So let's start from the from the real basics, right? I mean, I see a lot of people talking about when to buy arbitrage funds and all of that. We'll come to it, but at the basic, what is an arbitrage fund? What is what does the fund do? And in as much detail as you want to, right? And how does it work? Like, what is what what is that arbitrage in the arbitrage fund?
1: Sure. Uh- Very valid question. So let me start off by talking about the basic structure of arbitrage fund. There are two steps which a fund manager does in an arbitrage fund. One is that he buys the stock in cash market and at the same time, simultaneously, sell the same stock in the futures market. When you do that, there is a spread or a differential in price between the two. Uh, Just because there is time value of money, the futures generally go at a premium to the current price. That differential, which is called as the arbitrage available, is what the fund manager does. It typically mimics the time value of money, as I said, the cost of carry, as it could be called. So these are generally for a 30-day period. So you start off uh, and it typically ends at the month end. Uh, so there is a settlement which is done at the month end. So at the end of the month, whatever you bought and whatever you sold in the futures gets reversed. In the sense, your uh, your current stock, which you are holding in cash, gets sold. And the futures which we are holding, which where you had sold, you buy that. So it's basically a closure of the trade which happens at the end of the month. So effectively, you are not owning any stock in an open position. So there is no mark to market movement for the equity stock, which typically impacts. It's basically the difference in the price of the cash market and the future market. That volatility is what is getting captured in your NAV movement. And at the end of the month, when you are doing the settlement of it, the the squaring of of the position happens, which means that you get all your cash back uh, and whatever you made as a return in between is the arbitrage return Um, which typically ends up being uh, the cost of carry, as I was saying. And it will depend upon two, three factors. One is the prevailing interest rate. Uh, So if the interest rates are high, then the cost of carry becomes that much higher. The second reason why there could be a higher or a lesser uh, return coming through is because of the volatility in the market. So if there is very high volatility, chances of making higher returns are there because arbitrage is all about volatility. You're not trying to play the fundamental of the stock, but you're just simply saying I'm buying, say, Reliance Industries in cash and selling Reliance Industries in future. I don't have a view as far as Reliance Industries is concerned. I'm just trying to make the spread between the two.
0: This is a very important point that Uncle brings up. There is no fundamental view on the company, on the industry, on the sector, on the economy. And... This is also the beauty of arbitrage in, in, in a way that, you know, you're not taking a call on a specific company or a specific industry or, or even India as a market where it will go, right? So in theory, then it should work in all market cycles, right? Uh, whether markets are going up or markets are going down in theory, but I, I so that's what, so what I'm trying to come to is, but in practice, we know that uh, that doesn't happen. So can, can you tell us a lot more about How does it usually play out in different market cycles?
1: Uh, Sure. Uh, So what happens is typically in a bullish market, uh, which is what we are today in, your futures tend to be at a premium to the cash market, uh, which not necessarily is always the case. Many times your futures are at a discount to the cash market. Uh, As a mutual fund, and that is very important, that as a mutual fund, I cannot have naked position, which means that I have to own the shares in cash position. And only then I can sell in the futures market. You're always at the company level. At a company level, I cannot go and short sell anything in future. So if anything is cheaper, I can actually do a short sell and buy it back at a later point in time and I can make money. Arbitrage funds don't do that. Uh, And hence, when there is a very bearish market environment, it quite be so that the arbitrage available between the the cash market and the future market just doesn't exist or it's extremely low, which means the yield can be very, very low um, because there is no interest in the market. So there are market cycles. uh, And today is a case where the arbitrage premium is exceptionally high. So today when we look at um, what would a normal three-month deposit be, Versus what's the carry which you get on many stocks is probably two times the returns. Uh, Because it's a very, very uh, active, at the same time, very volatile market. People really are on both sides uh, of the market. There are a lot of skeptics as well as there are a lot of positive players. As I said, we don't take a view on the market. We just play the differential in the cash and the futures market.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. So so in in a scenario where where there are a lot of day traders who are massively bullish on a stock, that futures will go at a higher premium and then there will be people like you, your fund and and other arbitrage funds who will say, okay, now this looks like a very large arbitrage given to where the stock is trading. So you will short those futures and you will buy that stock. So, So perfect. So one of the things that you're also bringing in the market by doing that, is some level of efficiency in the futures market. Otherwise, the futures could start trading at a premium of 15, 16, 20%. But so one of the things that you're making do, but by doing what you're doing is that you're saying that, okay, the futures markets have to have some level of efficiency. And by kind of shorting it when it's very distorted, you're bringing that back to the market.
1: True. Uh, that's absolutely right. So, in some form, uh, the mutual fund shorting in the futures helps in terms of controlling the spread, because at the end of the day, um, mutual funds are not trying to maximize returns. There is no intent of taking any view, as I said, on any stock and trying to create a big alpha. It's as long as you are better off than the shorter end instruments which are available, it's a good enough return to be made. So you're not trying to get into something. Second, in many cases, there is also a illiquidity premium. Uh, So many a times... Mutual funds tend to not buy into very illiquid positions because then the bid offer spread is also very wide. Uh, And when I say bid offer spread, is that there is an arbitrage, there is a futures market which is available, but people want to sell the futures at a particular price and you want to buy it at a particular price. The differential between the two is not, very small and hence it eats into your returns yeah, uh, right good. so the bid offer spread uh, in some cases may be very large and that's typically very very retail oriented stocks uh, the institutional participation is lesser there
0: so you would prefer to be on the liquid end of the spectrum where you can come in and get out at a good size easy right? right so um, given all of this um, if you think about someone as an arbitrage fund manager right what is their primary, like how do you identify these arbitrage opportunities in the market? Right? I mean, do you run uh, two, do you have like tools that help you do this? Or is it like, you know, is it a team of analysts that scouts the market? And how big can arbitrage be become in India? I mean, how big is it right
1: now and how big can it become? Sure. So I'll start with the first part. Um, sure. The first part is, is, it's more an automation done there. Because you can't have people screening through 200 plus, companies and looking at the the spread of the cash and the futures market on an ongoing basis. So it's quite a bit automated in terms of at least it pops up the list where the arbitrage is available because it's very, very dynamic. You need to be um, doing Fair it enough. on an instant basis and because you, don't, you can't have an open position, you buy cash and futures simultaneously. So you need to do that. Uh, so it's automated in that sense, uh, there would be one or two things which as Say LNT or some other asset management company may be doing it differently. There could be certain um, blacklisted or not approved securities, even if there is an arbitrage available for, uh, not because of any um, fundamental reason. It's just that that some of these may just not have liquidity enough. So even if the spread is there, you know for a fact that when the unwinding happens, you really will not be able to sell it at the uh, the level which you want to Call have. paper
0: profit. It's never realized.
1: Yeah, it's paper profit. So, you never realize. So, you kind of put that in place. Sure. And Obviously, the volumes is a big parameter in terms of selection of these stocks. So, that's how the selection broadly gets done. In terms of the size which we are mentioning, it's very interesting. Um, Gaurav, we started off this industry as a very, very nascent industry, say about 10, 12 years back because the number of stocks available in the FNO were very few in India. Uh, just about a few years back, that list used to be 100, 120 names. Today, we've crossed the 200 uh, uh, stocks. So which means that the this breadth of the market in terms of number of securities which you can buy and sell is increasing.
0: Right.
1: Uh, the second part is if I have to look at pure size of the industry, that has expanded quite substantially. We used to be 40,000 to 50,000 crores about 6-7 years back. Today, we are almost 1 lakh crore. As an industry. So this is just the pure mutual fund arbitrage size. If right. I have to look at what is the true market size, it will be at least two times of this, which is currently there from an industry perspective, because there will be non-mutual fund arbitrages as well in the market. It is not just that mutual fund does that. Uh, there could be stockbrokers who could be doing their own arbitrage, because they would have their prop book and doing that on their prop book. So the market is fairly large. And it is expanding practically on a month-on-month basis. What is also helping uh, is the larger retail participation. So when there is retail participation increasing in the market, it also increases the the volume in the FNO market. So it's fairly large in that sense. If I have to look at into future in the next five years time, where can the size be? My sense is it can be at least two to three times from here. Uh, uh, and this predominantly, I'm talking. Talking about only from the mutual fund arbitrage perspective. Per se, the market could be even larger because there are more and more uh, algo players and more and more arbitrages coming from a broking perspective as well. And they have their own set of products. Uh, They are a bit more refined than mutual fund, if I have to say, because mutual fund are very basic. We don't try and do uh, multiple strategies in it. It's a very simple one you buy in cash, sell in future. The others are far more complex. They have options as, as as a play in it, so it gets a bit more complex. We do a very retail product. Right, uh, it's very important to protect the customer. So when you get into those exotic products, it always comes with its own challenges. I'm not saying arbitrage funds don't have challenges, but they are far lesser than what is available in many of those cases. Fair
0: enough, fair enough. So that's it, guys. Uh, that's Ankur from uh, lnt mutual fund hope you all learned a lot about arbitrage fund this will continue so wait for the next episode where we'll talk more about um where the industry is how an individual can use arbitrage fund in their portfolio and how large this market can get